Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Folks, we're going on grid. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Got a little news for you. It's the news update on Make It Rain. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Dane. I'm Alex Fasano with your Make It Rain news update. The championship series are set in Major League Baseball after the Astros take down the Rays 6-1. to one. Garrett Cole picked another playoff jam. Eight innings pitched, one earned run, getting 10 Strikeouts, what's that? I think, I believe, 25 total strikeouts in mm-hmm. his playoffs yeah. so far. Dominant. Two walks allowing uh, Michael Brantley and Jose Altuve also both homered in the win. The championship series, Yankees taking on the Astros. First game in Houston, 8 p.m. on Fox. That will be Saturday. The oh, NLC- it's actually on Fox. How about that? Yeah. They didn't, uh, you didn't FS1 it. Yeah. I, that was, uh, the last game was FS1, I believe, right? So maybe they're switching it up. Uh, on to Fox. Who knows? Um, I'm tired. Crazy. Major League Baseball coming up. Actually getting prime there time. How about that? Primetime slots for uh, MLB. NLCS is set. The Nationals taking on the Cardinals tonight. Nationals are plus 110 on the money line. The over-under is 8 and 8 p.m. Eastern. That is on TBS. And you can see that on TBS. TBS. There you go. Because, Another. you know, you can't mess with WWE and SmackDown on no, Fox. No, you there. cannot. <laughs> This is the second episode. I don't think that was going to move. Yeah, they can't mess with that. Come on now. <laughs> Anibal Sanchez and Miles Mikolas on the mound uh, tonight. Uh, updated in the World Series odds now. We got four teams. So Houston's at plus 100. The Yankees are at plus 310. The Washington Nationals are at plus 470. And the Cardinals are at plus 490. If anyone wants to get in on those World Series odds before the championship series get started. Guys, Thursday night football, as expected last night, the Patriots taking on the Giants 35-14. to Tom Brady, 31 of 41, 334 yards, one interception, but he had two rushing touchdowns for, I think, seven yards total. So, wow, what an athlete he is. Sony Michelle, 22 carries, 86 yards. Julian Edelman. Gotta love this line, Alex, here. Tom Brady, seven rushes, <laughs> six yards, two touchdowns. Two touchdowns. He's, yeah, he's a beast, man. He's, he's, the, he's the goat. He's the goat. So, what, you can't you can't deny that. Uh, Julian Edelman, nine catches for 113 yards. But the real star for the Patriots was their defense. Four turnovers, 213 total yards allowed, and two touchdowns, one fumble recovery, and one blocked punt returned for a touchdown. On the other side, the Giants, uh, Daniel Jones, 15 of 31, 161 yards, one touchdown, but three interceptions. Jonathan Hilleman, 11 carries for only 38 yards. Golden Tate. Uh, caught that touchdown pass, six catches for 102 yards and a score. That's all right, Alex, because I told people yesterday my prop that was Hillman yep. over 10 and a half carries, 11 will suffice. There you go. It all counts right there. Uh, Tom Brady also now, fun fact, second all-time in the NFL passing yardage. He passes Peyton Manning. Drew Brees is in first place. Uh, guys, hopefully this is the last uh, NBA news I gave you about the drama in China. The Lakers and Nets game on Saturday will conclude the 2019 China games, but the game will still go on as long as uh, the teams won't be talking about it. The Chinese government added a stipulation to cancel any media availability for the rest of the trip. So there was a game on Thursday night, the Nets won 114 to 111. That was only able to happen because of the stipulation that was uh, instigated and Adam Silver had to cancel his post-game press conference. The decision for Saturday's game, however, was the NBA's decision. It wasn't the Chinese government for Saturday. That was 
for Thursday. In a statement, Adam Silver said, uh, we have decided not to hold any media availability for our teams for the remainder of the trip. Uh, they have been placed into a complicated and unprecedented situation while abroad, and we believe it would be unfair to ask them to address these matters in real time. So as the trip comes to an end, hopefully that will be the end of the tensions between NBA and China. That would be really nice to get back to some real basketball back home and get the season started. Uh, guys, you can't unring that bell, though, man. Yeah. You can't unring that it's bell. Like right. done. Because once you, yeah, because now no matter, and there will be a lot of things that come up this season, and good luck trying to open your mouth one way or the other and have a statement on anything that isn't basketball related. You have now made it just shut up and dribble because nobody cares what you think about anything outside of basketball. I got one you, question for you, Joe. You remain silent. You, you lost all credibility. Question. What if, because I, I largely agree with you. Here's the one caveat, though. What if they start talking players and coaches as soon as they're back on American soil? Because what if it's like, wait a second, these guys could, the, the, they could actually arrest people there, right? What if they're just like the edict from Silver under, you know, under the rug was like, let's all be quiet until we get our players and coaches back on American soil. Then we mm. can talk. Because there's yeah, a no. legitimate thing. Like, they could actually get arrested or jailed out there for speaking they, their mind. That's the difference in They values. could have stepped up and canceled everything before flying the guys out there if that was the angle they were going to take. I can assure you the mandate from, uh, from the league office is remain silent, period. You got nothing to say about it. There's too much money at stake. Owners are not going to tolerate it. Players are going to lose money. They lost it. You lost any credibility as far as I'm concerned. Well, hopefully uh, we can get back to the regular season basketball. Bring on the regular season. Let's go. Yeah, shut up and dribble. We got to see Zion. We got to see everybody going. Uh, Real quick, WNBA, Washington Mystics are your champions. 89-78 over the sun. Uh, Elena Del Don drops 21 points in the wind. Emma Messerman is your MVP. And they covered. There you go. All right, going to send it back to the guys. Help you make it rain this Friday morning. Listening to the Sports Grid Network. Let it rain! You remember the class where I taught y'all how to make it rain? Make it rain. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. All right, welcome in final hour here. Make it rain on the grid, sportsgrid.com. I'm Joe Ranieri. He is Dane Martinez. And uh, what a weekend it is going to be in sports, of course. We got some pennants uh, going on. Who in there? Who's going to eventually make it to the World Series? Looking to have another World Series title. And for some, obviously, the very first. uh, For others, been there, kind of done that. And will the Nats be holding their first? Or will the Cardinals, will the Astros, will the Yankees just be adding to the collection that they have already? But it starts tonight with the Nats and the Cards. Tomorrow, we'll have uh, Yankees, Astros, and then sandwiched in between. We got a whole lot of uh, college football tonight, three games, and a monster slate of college football tomorrow with a lot of, and I can't believe it, Dan, it's week seven in college football. Think about this. By this time next week, we will have we will have our very first committee rankings. We will know Ooh. exactly who is where and the chances for a national champion. I can't believe we're almost at the halfway point, which is uh, which is beyond me. But this is where the committee starts to get involved now that they've had, you know, six, seven weeks to look at you. 
We will start. And you've got a bunch of monster games this weekend that are going to have a lot of implications for a national championship. You've got Florida and LSU getting ready to go at it. You've got Texas and OU tomorrow with the Red River shootout getting ready to go. Alabama with its first real test taking on Texas A&M tomorrow. Uh, And you know what? This is quietly under the radar because everyone's already stuck a fork in them. But Clemson, Florida State also this weekend. So all the top teams, the teams that we've all, you know, we've come to know that are usually going to be up there. Yeah, there's uh, there's there's some opportunity this weekend for teams to be able and programs to be able to separate themselves. I can't believe we're getting to that time of year. We're going to be starting talking about playoff committee and rankings coming up here. Dan, can you believe it's already been seven weeks? Yeah, that's crazy. And what you're talking about are really these conference matchups starting to heat up, right, as we decide who will kind of get to those conference championship games and ultimately those four spots. I do got to tell you something, though, Joe. I know you're an Oklahoma State guy, and I don't know if Sunaliza knows this, but, Joe, you said Red River Shootout. It's 2019. It is now known as the Red River Showdown. Yeah. Let's be real here. Let's be serious, Joe. Let's be right. Let's be politically correct. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is Sports Grid. Get on the grid. All right, so uh, week seven NFL season, uh, week six rather NFL season uh, got underway last night. Congratulations, New England Patriots win. They cover, and uh, wow, was that some ugly football and Giants. They made a game of it, just couldn't stop turning it over. That New England defense is for real. And I apologize to those of you that took the under last night because you were expecting uh, this ridiculous Nor'easter. While it was tough to throw the ball, it wasn't tough to intercept the ball, and that seems to be what uh, what happened there. But 6-0 is what the, uh, Gi- um, what the Patriots are now. And, of course, the Giants 2-4. and four. They'll have the Cardinals next, why the uh, Patriots will have the Jets. And we'll get to a whole bunch of these uh, NFL games coming up. But first, if you're just joining us, we had uh, mentioned that there is a report out now from uh, Baseball Prospectus. And, of course, one of the uh, scientists behind it has been studying the baseball for a little while. And not only during the regular season, but currently in the postseason. And uh, the report comes out and it's saying pretty much without a shadow of a doubt here that there is definitely something different about the baseball. The juiced baseball is not the same baseball that you had during the regular season. It appears this ball is everything has changed with this ball from the standpoint of trajectory, flying out of the park, so on and so forth. So we found it very interesting and I think it goes to explain a whole lot of what we have seen thus far. But, of course, we have Dave Roberts' uh, manager on the phone right now, his agent, uh, joining us here, Mike Cardano. Um, And congratulations, Cardano. Dave Roberts is not getting fired. They have given him that vote of approval. So you're right. Maybe Kershaw gets traded and they blame him after all. 
Joe, this is two days in a row with the conspiracy theories now. So I'm going to try to foster an intelligent baseball discussion. All three of us played Division I college baseball, so I'd like mm-hmm. to think that we could administrate this. Go ahead. So, Go ahead. You know. Ten runs in the first inning, the most ever in the history of a playoff game, mm-hmm. but there's a problem with the ball. The Tampa I, I, Bay Rays forced the game the, five. They right. had six, six home runs in the game. Mm-hmm. Willie Adamas looked like Willie Mays. Mm-hmm. Clayton Kershaw is being vilified because he gave up two home runs on two pitches. Mm-hmm. The pro- the, it's playoff baseball. It's not The pitching is no longer watered down. The pitchers are better. There are going to be less home runs. End of mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. And then, so, so the... Science behind the trajectory, the weather, the launch angle. So everything that they have access to now that says this ball is not leaving the bat in the same way, the same velocity, the same anything, that apparently is just, it's just playoff baseball. That's the answer? Well, did the ball go at the correct trajectory and the correct distance when Clayton Kershaw pitched it? Well, yeah, that's what they're saying. well, that's, that's exactly what, what saying, they're saying, Cardano. We're not saying that's that what, the like, ball this, is... That scientists are at least saying that, no, right. with it's... the actual formula of it all, of velocity, launch angle, that the balls are traveling less <laughs> far. So, and honestly, you know, Cardano, I'm kind of, I'm not with you. I think it's all of the above, okay? I think, yes, it's playoff cream to the crop, uh, cream of the crop pitching. It's a little bit of colder temperatures in, you know, Minnesota and New York, and it's a little bit of the ball. But for me, what makes it real and you talk about we've all played baseball you can see footage of Garrett Cole you know feeling for the seams on the ball and being like nope not this one I want another one Verlander and Cole all year have been able to say that they know the difference and it looks like they're actually looking for balls that will have more drag I think it's all of the above Mike pitchers have been do that since the beginning of time I, I sat in the batter's box and somebody's changed three balls on me. There's, there's, right, but there's now no way. For this. The, the Tampa Bay Rays hit six home runs to force a game five. Right. It's the ball that you're complaining about that doesn't. No, no, no. It's when, not the ball. It's when, not that home uh, runs Garrett, are going to be gone. It's not that we're saying Garrett, home runs. Yeah, when Garrett, they're not saying the ball that balls, last they're not night, saying balls the aren't ball. going to be hit. Mike, balls are always going to be hit. Soto hit a ball 450 feet. I don't care what ball. It's gone. We know that. The problem is the balls that hit to warning track now, these broken bat opposite fielders, the, the opposite ones that field. went out during uh, during the season, they are not going out right now. And we just talked about it. The Will Smith fly you don't ball have to end the game. Data, Joe. Joe, Joe there's, there's not enough data to say that. And you have better pitchers. You don't have the watered-down pitchers. It's now the best pitchers in the game throwing the balls. It's a little different. It's now, way I, too premature. I don't to think see it's this different at all. And I and I beg to differ. We do have the data. We've got everything that we didn't have 10 years ago in order to be able to measure these things. And what we are seeing in the playoffs 
is that ball, the launch angle, same pitchers, same velocity, because ultimately it doesn't come down to anything other than velocity, launch angle, weather. All of those things can be measured, and they have been measured. And what the data is saying, yeah, there. this is not the same baseball that we saw back in I July. I would say it's a smaller sample size. Right, well, did, so Tampa, did Tampa the same baseball when it went out six times in one game? Yeah, Nobody's but, saying that like, home runs won't happen. Right. It's like if every ball, to be mathematical, right, let's say every ball, because of the wind resistance or whatever, it goes 5% less far, right? Home runs will still be hit, but there will be some balls that used to go over the wall that are now dying, you know, deep in left right. center field or on the warning track. Exactly. But maybe there's not enough data to make that conclusion just yet but if it's trending that way and the pitchers are responding as though it is a real thing by trying to find balls with more raised seams i you know i think there's something to it mike as i do the pitchers have been doing that all the time you've been in the batted block yourself when the pitchers throw the ball back and try to get one with more seams it's true garrett cole was pitching with the same ball that everybody else pitched with all year he pitched it better, it moved more, it went faster, he hit better spots, he had more strikeouts. If the pitcher sucks, he's not going to do as well. You know, last night, yesterday, um, the, the Rays pitcher, he was throwing the ball 100 miles, glass out, glass he threw it 100 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. They knew it was coming, so they did it. So it's, uh, you're making way too much about the ball. There's way too much about the ball. Well, I mean, listen, it's every record known to mankind was broke this year and nothing else changed in the game except the ball. So why would we have, you know, 8,000 home runs in Major League Baseball if nothing changed, if the ball didn't change? Yeah, do you think the regular season ball, do you think there was a difference in the last two years in Major League Baseball? This year, the ball this year was certainly different, but it's not different in the playoffs. Track the number of home runs. We did. Track the number of home runs. It's not like there's no home runs in these games. There's not not less home runs in the games right now. Yes, there is. Based upon the 162-game season, there's 50% less home runs being hit right now in the playoffs than than should have been. Albeit with a smaller sample size. Tampa Tampa just hit six home runs in a game. Yeah. and The Dodgers are out because of two – the Dodgers are out because of three home runs. That maybe more home runs for them in the regular season. Exactly. But if that ball is offered, listen, if it's if it's the juiced ball, how is that ball that Will Smith had out there that was caught on the warning track for the third out and not a three run home run? How is that possible when he thought it was gone? Everybody in the ballpark thought it was gone and it lands way short of the fence. How is that? How is that possible that we see that every game from a batter? You know, I, don't know, I heard you talking about Jock Peterson. He hit, the, he hit yeah. the ball the other way, and it went through the fence. It's not like it dropped short of the warning track. It didn't eke over the fence. For if everyone that you said didn't go over, you know, Rendon's eked over the fence. Right. And then the next guys went way out. You know, right. you know the Grand Slam was crushed. There, there aren't less home runs. There, there's just not. There's better you pitching. You think about it in terms of number of home runs. We're the talking ball. about it as... Every ball will fly 5% less. Yes. It's not about exactly. the number of home runs per se. It's, it's about the, the drag science. Ball. The science right. behind it, Cardano. Listen, 
You know what? What is? I just want to know, what would Dave Roberts do? That's the big question here. Mike Cardano, we love you, brother. Thank you very much for stopping in. More Make It Rain next. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. So, yes, uh, Dave Roberts, in fact, will be uh, coming back. We uh, kind of felt yesterday that uh, the majority of the blame for the Dodgers uh, playing golf right now, a lot of his decision-making as a manager was not not the best. And, uh, of course, the Dodgers are out now. The Nationals are in. But the Dodger organization's like, no big deal. We're good. We're good. We like uh, all the decisions he made. And, I think that also speaks to Dane. I don't think, and and this has been known for a while, and the Dodgers are one of those organizations because Dodger fans yesterday were calling for blood. Uh, they wanted him out, gone. Uh, they 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 want to change. They can't keep seeing failure like this, making it there, but you know, not being able to get uh, across the finish line. And uh, you know, Mike, uh, our good uh, our good friend there, Mike Cardano, called in yesterday, screaming about how uh, personal responsibility there. What you know, at some point. Kershaw's got to be taking responsibility. And to his credit, too, I, I do want to say this. In a day and age of athletes that, when they fall flat on their face, cancel any sort of media, run away. We saw Verlander do this. Like, we've seen this time and time again. Kershaw yeah. sat there, answered every damn question, and took responsibility for the two home runs. But again, the argument can be made that... The job of a manager, Dane, is to put people in a position, your players in a position to succeed. And while, yes, ultimately he's the one throwing the ball and is responsible, you can't just ignore the fact that the manager had other options uh, that would have uh, possibly altered the outcome of the game, as well as the ball theory that we've got going on right now as well. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I'm going to be consistent, though, Joe. You know, I'm, I'm not going to kill Roberts for these decisions. I said it yesterday. I said it the day before that I was fine with Kershaw being on the mound. I was fine with Kershaw coming out for the eighth. I was fine with, in essence, if you're going to go down, go down with your best. I was mm-hmm. okay with it then. I'm okay with it now. So, yeah, Dodgers fans can want blood and all that, but, you know, I was I, I didn't think they were going to make some kind of rash decision off of that. but. It is now a growing narrative. I mean, I believe the Dodgers have won seven straight division titles and have no World Series championships to show for it. They are now borderline like the Atlanta Braves, who won 14 in a row and only have the 1995 World Series championships to show for it. Or the Buffalo Bills, (laughs) like you mentioned, you know, or to a certain extent before they got to at the end for Elway, the Denver Broncos in the late 80s, early 90s, right? It is getting Mm -hmm. into that territory where they're dominant in their division. They got to the World Series the last two years, but, you know, they're ultimately not having a parade in Chavez Ravine. 
And I think it's also uh, important to point out that the Dodgers are extremely analytical and they they rely a lot on analytics. And the reason yeah. that Dave Roberts is there is because like many of, of the front offices right now, Dave Roberts is not making decisions. Dave Roberts is just taking the decisions made by the algorithms printed out in the front office. And they're the ones making the decision. So I don't think Dave Roberts was the one who decided that Kershaw was coming into that game regardless. I do believe that, uh, like uh, some of these managers right now, they're simply mouthpieces uh, of the front office into the locker room. And I think them giving the vote of confidence yesterday, I think that tells you everything you need to know about who's really calling the shots in the Doggers organization. Yeah, that makes sense. Hey, Joe. And if Cardano's still listening, I know he did. Joe, did you ever play Stratomatic baseball as a kid? Tell me again, Stratomatic? What no. It? It's like every player had a card, and there was a lot of dice, and you would roll the dice, and it was like if it was this combination, it meant the player got a double, and then he could steal. If he was like rated B+, and you would roll the die, and then whatever it would mean if he was safe or out. It was this mm-hmm. idea of like, you know, you had the skills and the stats of the players, but then, you know, the probability of it, and you still would have to roll the dice. That's what real baseball is now. You just have all the data. You have mm-hmm. all the analytics. And all you're doing is putting yourselves in the best position to actually win, right, to have the good outcome. Yes, whatever, you know, that's why they play the games, and that's what we'll see. That's like the dice roll. But it's really all about the win probability, the statistics, what it says is supposed to be better. That's why we don't see stolen bases anymore and things of that nature. And it's like stratomatic baseball has come to real-life baseball. Uh, I know Cardano knows what I'm talking about. Hit me up, brother. It's like stratomatic has come to real life because the managers are not doing anything about gut or their decisions. They're just doing what the algorithm says. And the reason also, Joe, is because they're afraid to make mistakes. Because if they go with their gut and they're wrong, they get fired. Yeah, it didn't work out for Mike Sosha very well there. It did for a while, and then eventually uh, they, too, uh, decided to go with the 29-year-old MIT GM and uh, guys like, uh, you know, Buck Showalter and Mike Sosha and the guys that actually coached from the standpoint of feel and I know my players and I've played this game a million years yada 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 yeah not so much anymore so now uh, baseball front offices are filled with mathematicians uh, who are calling the shots and uh, you know down here in Miami Mattingly which I think was one of the big problems that they replaced Mattingly in in the Dodgers of course at that point Mattingly's like what what the hell am I here for like what if you're always sending me to lineups like what am I doing here uh, but I think he learned his lesson because they did just extend Mattingly here in Miami, not because he won a whole lot of games, because I think good old Donnie Baseball figured out that, uh, listen, it's your show. I mean, you want to I'll collect a check. You send me the lineup. I'll post it and we're good to go there. Yep. So that's the way I mean, but the it's baseball happening everywhere, is. right? It's happening yes. everywhere, Joe. Like in the NFL, people are looking mm-hmm. at the probabilities and going for it on fourth down so much more. Right. And that's the managerial decision. You know, in the NBA, people understand, like, off the dribble or where the spots are on the floor. The data has come to pass. And I I don't know if you know this, Joe, but I actually know um, Andrew Friedman, who used to be the GM of the Rays, 
and is now the GM of the Dodgers, right? And is a mm-hmm. big analytics guy. And this comes from the top, okay? When he moved from Tampa to L.A., all of a sudden, L.A. got real money ball, you know? So this is organizations, and you're right, these kind of new young eye bankers and, and stat geeks coming on in. And I wonder if it's going to ever settle in the middle because you're right. The data is something, but you do also have to, like, coach players up and do have some gut. Do you think it'll ever, like, become in perfect harmony, or will teams always be one of these kind of extremes as it relates to the analytics? No, it won't. And, I, and I'm telling you what you're going to see right now, guys, is that we have seven, eight openings for managerial spots in Major right. League Baseball right now. And there's just not and, – and that's, I think, also, by the way, might factor into why they decided to keep Dave Roberts because it's not a good year. What You know, you're going to – all of a sudden now you're one of, what, eight other teams that are looking for a – there's not that many dudes out there or are there. Will we see few. more of these Gabe Kapler never managed, but all of a sudden let's put these guys in a position because ultimately – what the organizations are telling you is I don't need a guy that's been, I don't need a dude with experience. I need a guy that understands the math that can post the lineup up and they are good to go. They've really, we talk about devalued the running back in the NFL. I don't think (laughs) any position has been devalued more than the major league baseball manager who has simply become somebody to be the mouthpiece for the front offices. And you're going to see that again. We're not going to be, I mean, outside of Madden, you know what I mean? What Girardi's interviewing with everyone, it, unless they're willing to get rid of their, you know, this is the way I always did it attitude. I don't see how Girardi ever gets another gig in, in Major League Baseball. Who wants to deal? Who wants to butt heads with a manager in a front office these days? Yeah, and that's the thing. You mentioned Madden. He's going to get a job. I think he's going to get the Angels job if you want to know the truth, right? Then I think there's other candidates that are out there, and this is going to be telling. Joe Girardi is one. I hear Mm -hmm. Buck Showalter wants to get back into it. If he doesn't get a job, that'll be another telltale sign. You know who the second choice is in Vegas right now to land the Mets job? Dusty Baker. That's another guy that you can see if he gets a job or not. So those are going to be the trial cases, in my opinion. Girardi, Buck, and Baker. If they get jobs or not, we'll see which direction this is going for sure. Yeah, because exactly. One of two things. Either they have made a turnaround, they've decided, okay, you win, I'll play by your rules. Or maybe some teams are willing to go, you know what? We need uh, we need a little bit more experience there on the uh, in the dugout and in the locker room. So I, I do think this is the year we are going to see. We had four or five new managers hired last year, all of them with very little to no experience. Well, let's see exactly what you're going to have uh, this year because there's a ton of openings with some teams with actually some pretty good rosters too. So I can the tell Mets you this. One of them, honestly. And the Mets, absolutely. That's a good yeah, job. I mean, outside of the Pirates, you know, every other team is pretty halfway decent. At least has some stars. But yeah. it'll be interesting to see how that uh, how that works think it out. But about is- the team makeup also, Joe. Right? Are you a veteran-laded yeah, team, a young exactly. team? Because exactly. as a young, if you're a really young team, maybe then there is more to the idea of the experienced manager. Matt, you know, that sort of thing. So I, you're right. It's like what the front offense edicts are. Right. But I do also think it's, it's part of the team makeup and, and, and who can handle that locker room. You have to still consider that on some level.
Yeah, uh, you do, but there's there's not a lot of weight put on there. I mean, Alex Cora didn't get the uh, didn't get the Red Sox job because of his vast Major League Baseball managing uh, experience. I and just you. because you played the game doesn't mean you're a great coach and doesn't mean you're great in that situation. I think a lot of decisions yeah, are being made. Yeah, because you don't made. know about XFIP. Yeah, exactly. I think a lot of decisions are being made about guys to put into the locker room who are, A, going to be obedient. They're going to toe the company line. They're going to do what the GMs say. And, oh, yeah, they'll be able to realize what Fortnite is. And they're going to be able to relate to the players. They didn't think Girardi would be able to handle the U. Like, he'd be too old school. So they went with Boone. It seems to be working out. But I think a lot of those decisions, that's where these organizations are going to go. I mean, hell, listen, they had a guy like that in St. Louis. Uh, Mike Matheny, who got bounced out because what an idiot, uh, besides a whole lot of other things, besides a guy ruining guys' careers and pitchers' arms because uh, he was so over the top with his uh, over-managing and switching and pitching guys on, you know, four days in a row. Like, he burned out, including Trevor Rosenthal, one of the, uh, what could have been one of the best relievers in the game, yet gone. Uh, We'll talk about that game tonight, though. We'll give you the latest lines, and we'll make some of our favorite plays, Make It Rain Plays of the Weekend, coming up next. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Time to get in the game. Get yourself a DraftKings Sportsbook account. And listeners of this show, you'll be able to get a deposit bonus of up to 500 bucks. Here's how it works. Just create a DraftKings Sportsbook account. Make yourself a deposit. And then place your first bet. DraftKings matches it with a 50% bonus of up to 500 bucks. The offer, eligible to all users plus new users. You guys will get a risk-free bet of up to 200 bucks. Just head over to sportsgrid.com forward slash DK to play. That's sportsgrid.com forward slash DK. DK. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21 and over. New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. Check out the website for details. All right. We got some games here tonight on the slate that we will uh, dive into. Of course, uh, big games this weekend, not only uh, tomorrow, Saturday in college, but also Sunday in the uh, in the NFL. And we will start, of course, with this game here tonight, Dane, with the Arizona the Arizona, the uh, St. Louis, rather, Cardinals taking on the Washington Nationals. And the money seems to have come in a little bit here, trickling in on the cards. They opened up as a small favorite. They've uh, they've moved about 10 cents, and the Nats have moved about 10 cents in the other direction here. But it's not like you've got two number ones here going up uh, against each other. you got Annabelle Sanchez going up against uh, Miles uh, Mikolas and both guys have had their ups and downs this year. But for the most part, um, yeah, we've got two guys that like to throw a lot of ground balls. And coupled with the fact uh, that we've got a uh, possibility of a different uh, ball being used, 
Uh, I don't know how many runs are going to be scored, and I can tell you this. It opened up at eight and a half. Yeah, it's already moved down to eight. It's been the most heavily bet part of tonight's game. The total seems to be getting the most action at this point, but uh, pretty even. I mean, when you all things consider it, uh, maybe home field plays a little more of an advantage here in this game. Maybe. I got to tell you the truth, though, Joe. This is a this is an in-game live kind of play for me. OK, we're, we're talking about these pitchers. We're talking about the, the ball and the weather. I think I'm going to make my plays in-game live. I want to see how it looks. I want to see if people in the stands are wearing hoodies and gloves. Uh, I, I think I want to get a read on this one before I bet. I think this is a more in-game live opportunity. If I had to do one thing right now, it would, in fact, be the under. Playing with the under. Well, it's, um, you know, the good news is, is we've got uh, we've got a lot of trends that we can base upon and yeah. uh, home field at this point. Yeah, it matters a lot. Uh, games one and two in uh, in a postseason series, guys, since 2005. Uh, you know what? Even sort of, let's go back to 2015 home teams, 47 and 17, 73 percent. Uh, with about a 30% uh, ROI. So divisional rounds or further, game one and two, home teams absolutely have the edge since 2015 and even further from there. But again, you've got, let's face it here, you've got two teams that both had to go to a a game five in the series. Both teams had situations where they kind of emptied everything. Although the Cardinals had a hell of a lot easier time than what the the Nats did. So could we see a little bit of a maybe of a hangover there from an emotional standpoint and everything else? I, I do think that the Cardinals are without a doubt. Uh, they have an edge here. Definitely have an edge not only on the uh, on the money line, but I think they have a first five edge here being at home, being, uh, you know, how they won and what they're coming into this and giving what we know about the trends in the situation. Yeah, Bush Stadium has been extremely, extremely profitable, to your point, to the unders as well, especially during the regular and postseason. So uh, unders, Bush Stadium, playoff games, 57% winners there, Dane. So like the unders, and I definitely think the Cardinals have an advantage here tonight. Yeah, I mean, I buy that. I just don't think the advantage is because of any hangover. Um, They both went five, and just because one was a dramatic win and one was like a 13-1 win, I don't think that's much of a difference. If you're talking about liking the Cardinals because of the home field advantage or because you like Mikolas, like that's one thing, um, and I don't dispute that. I just don't think that the, the emotion or the hangover, because at this point, like, you know, You've been looking for this ever since you were five years old. If you can't get up for this, then, you know, uh, you shouldn't be playing. But for all those other reasons, sure, I buy that. I just don't think the emotion and the letdown or hangover factor will have anything to do with it. Well, if they they get their asses handed to them in the first five, well, we'll yeah, that could be a serious issue going on right there. But I don't think anybody would blame them either. Coming from the West Coast, having to come back east, the whole turnaround and everything else, a little more dramatic for the uh, for the Nationals than it was for the Cards, who quite honestly they could have just they could have left in a fifth inning in Atlanta, and uh, it really wouldn't have made a damn bit of difference. But the totals at eight, so if uh, that might keep going down if the under money keeps coming in, but at this do point, do it now. Yeah, I mean take it in because it could be seven and a half before you know it. And this is another one of those situations in a seven game series. What scares me is the bullpen. Uh certainly of the Nats. You know, once you get past that fifth inning, 
it, with the Nationals, especially with Sanchez on the mound, I got to start bringing in Doolittle and you know, and some of these other guys in there. Like, ooh, yo. uh, and that would also worry me. But the first five total is it at four or four and a half? I think it was uh, four, but that's let's a good see. question. Now that I'm thinking, four about and a half that. I got here. Oh, perfect. I okay, there you go. These. Four and a half. Yep. The juice is heavy on the under, though. Yeah, I figured that. But I like that. Yeah, I like that four and a half in the first five as well, because I do think uh, it's going to be a little hard to get going. Both of these pitchers, ground Unless ball Unless St. Pitchers, Louis scores 10 runs in the first inning. Yeah, that ain't Last time I yeah, went first half, first five under, St. Louis scored 10 runs in the first <laughs> inning. That ain't going to happen tonight. I doubt that, <laughs> although it would be very fun to want, but it, it ain't going to happen tonight. Uh, and if you're betting it down already to eight and you could still get that extra half a run there in the fifth, I like that because I don't think we'll have to worry about seeing the bullpens all that much. And Sanchez, listen, to his credit, he's kind of the forgotten guy. He was really important in the second half. You know, him uh, holding that uh, holding that uh, that pitching staff there in that rotation. He was good, man. I mean, he was keeping the ball out of the air. That's his specialty there. And uh, it is supposed to be a little windy here tonight, too, Dane, in St. Louis. So. Definitely going to be Listen, double digits. There's four teams left. There's not many gas cans that are going to go up on the mound anymore. Right, right. And, well, they usually are in the bullpen. So that's going to be the question. Whose bullpen is going to uh, whose bullpen is going to show up? Uh, I can tell you also tonight that you've got a monster ACC matchup in college football as Miami is on the verge of imploding here, taking on the uh, Virginia Cavs team who is four and one Bronco Mendenhall really got this, uh, this program. He's taken it to another level since he's got to Virginia. Good stuff there. Great defensive team. Bryce Perkins, their quarterback. This kid's really good. He scrambles. Well, you know, this is a team that is coming off a bye week and they beat Notre Dame first half in Notre Dame. Unfortunately, uh, the offensive line kind of collapsed in the second half. They turned the ball over three times. And that was the end of the game. But they they certainly went toe-to-toe with Notre Dame and have had a week off to get ready to come here to the University of Miami down at Hard Rock Stadium. Miami, what can you say? They lost to a Virginia Tech team last week, Dane, in the most unbelievable of ways. Uh, Three of the first seven passes from their uh, named quarterback, Jerron Williams, uh, yeah. Went to the other team. Went to Virginia Tech. Uh, they were down twenty-eight Why am I nothing. Miami minus two. Ah, I'm so glad you brought that up. And yeah, <laughs> when you look at all things here, and by the way, that kid is not playing again tonight. Uh, now all of a sudden he's come up with an injury, Dane. Very convenient, an injury okay. that he can't play. So Nikosi Perry, the kid that uh, played last year, yeah, he's going to be Ramsey playing has. tonight. Yeah, so you've got another one of these, just like we've had a couple of times this week. Trendy dog, you've got yeah. a uh, you've got a situation where the public is actually backing Virginia. They are all of Virginia, a high percentage of the bets going towards Virginia, but you're getting an awful lot of the money coming towards Miami in this game. And quite honestly, I have no, I don't understand it. Um, But I don't understand it from the standpoint of knowing guys in and around this program and listening to them all week. Jerron Williams, the starting quarterback, the reason he's not playing isn't because of a upper extremity issue. It's because he's lost complete confidence in himself. Yeah, he's told they're saying they just don't trust them. They are on a short week. And the thing that worries me about Miami is that they lead the nation in penalties. They average 
Um, I believe at least 12 penalties a game. It, it's right so there at the top here on my Virginia plus two. Yeah. They turn over the ball. They um, it's ridiculous. They have nine turnovers already through four games. They don't protect the ball. They're undisciplined. And oh yeah, their starting quarterback is, uh, is completely fried. And now they got to go with a backup. But if they don't win this game, Dane, they're probably not going to a bowl game. That's oh. that's kind of where they're at right now. This is first-year head coach who's been there. Now he's going to be calling defensive plays. Like, it is a mess in Miami. And yet, like you said, here's the uh, – why are the odds? Why am I looking at a minus-two favorite in this game? I don't get it. I get the better coach right. coming off of a yeah. bye. Coming off a bye? With the, yeah, I, I don't get it. And by the way, they're four and one the last five times in Miami, Virginia. All right. You've convinced me, Joe. I'm hitting submit. I don't get it. I don't I'm get submit it. submit on I plus two. Don't get it. I just no problem. don't get I'm it. In. And the money line, too, by the way. I would just play Virginia money line. What is it at? Plus 110? I don't see it in uh, the book I'm on, but it would be plus 110, yes. Yeah, I, I, I don't get it. The All market right. is moving. Towards Miami, I can't figure out why. Um, All right, great. You, neither can Canes fans, to tell you the truth. So that's uh, enough for the me. other game is going to be that Colorado Oregon game tonight, Dane. What right. is the total in this game? What are you seeing? It's lower than you think, Joe. Fifty-nine and a half. Yeah, it's and that's too high too. It, it needs to be the under in this game here. Mm. Um, this is kind of split down the middle as far as the public and the sharp staying. But Oregon, the best part about Oregon, and this is what's so frustrating about them: Justin Herbert, right? First round yeah. pick, quarterback. He's got wide receivers that are all going to be playing on Sunday, and yet they can't score any damn points. Um, and the problem remains. Not so much on the offense. They're deep. Well, it's not a problem. Oregon's defense is the best part of this team, man. This defense is, when I tell you shutdown, is one of the top five defenses in the country, and nobody's talking about them because of Justin Herbert. There is no way. Colorado, first of all, has got no defense. But Colorado's not going to be able to score a lot of points in here, and we can't trust the Oregon offense to do anything. The under, guys, is definitely... Worth a look in this game. It opened up at 60. And what are you saying? It's at 59, 59 and a half. 59 and a half. Yeah, the under guys is definitely something you want to look at here because the Ducks, yeah, they got bigger names, but they don't play very. They're not. And here's the other problem, Dane. We're so used to the Chip Kelly era where hurry up, get to the ball. He he runs 900 play. Yeah, no, they're slower than ass, Mario Cristobal. They don't do it. So that's going to require an awful lot of points and possessions to be able to hit that number. I don't see that they're doing it. It's actually one of my favorite bets on the board tonight. Oregon in the under at home against uh, against Colorado. And then get ready for tomorrow night baseball, Dane. I don't know. Yeah, is there buddy. a lineup yet? Not that I've seen. Who, who goes for the Yankees? If you're, if you're at Boone, who are you going with? I'm going right back to Paxton. I'm lining it up the same way. So you'll go Paxton, Tanaka, and Severino? Yeah. I'm going the same exact way. So Paxton on the road. So who do you want on the – yeah, so at home you would have Severino. Severino at home, the opener game for game four, back to Paxton, uh, game five, and then I would ultimately have Tanaka and Severino six and seven if need be. All right, so you're going under tonight, Colorado? 
Jock yeah, Colorado. Right. I mean, you're going under tonight with uh, in the St. Louis yeah. uh, game? And we'll talk our NFL bets, I guess, on Sunday. It's no football today. Well, we'll do them. Yeah, matter of fact, yeah, tune into that. Football today. I can't believe we're already out of sure. time. So where the hell did this go? Yes, yeah, join well, us. Right. 10 a.m. Let's do that. 10 a.m. on Sunday. Join us. We'll have our favorite plays. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. What you missed on Make It Rain. Shame on everybody in that Tampa Bay organization for not recognizing it themselves because, yes, it did look like they knew exactly what the pitches were coming. They didn't get fooled by anything off speed he threw. And it kind of was like they, they knew it was coming. I mean, they weren't, uh, you know, they weren't just meatballs he was throwing over the plate. Right. They were. They were looking for all of his off-speed pitch, and he said it at the end saying, yeah, I, I was pretty much, you know, tipping the pitches. But, uh, okay, great. Why the hell didn't anybody come out to the mound and be like, dude, you, you know, this is going out? Because if they noticed it, how in the hell did the, uh, the, the, the dugout of the Tampa Bay Rays not notice it, try to do something different? But uh, ultimately, it was that one inning that did them in yesterday. They would have been... They'd have been in it against the best pitcher on planet Earth yesterday if he wasn't tipping his pitches. But I don't know how much I buy of that. I think there was just good pieces of hitting by Houston. Well, here's the thing, Joe, and you and I, we've both played baseball, obviously not at the major league level. But, like, honestly, you can know what's coming. You still got to hit it. (laughs) You know what I mean? And that's not the easiest thing in the world. You know, we talk about it even, like, in the steroids era. We were like, oh, yeah, you could be jacked up, but you still, you know, hitting a round ball with a round bat squarely is still one of the hardest things to do in sports, right? But, Joe, can you imagine – Let's say you're the Houston Astros. Let's say you're the Astros hitters and you're in the dugout before this game starts and right. you know that you'll be able to tell when your opposing pitcher is throwing something off speed and that oh, yes. you could zone in on like the number one or you could actually guess pitches. Like, can right. you imagine how excited these guys must have been to go out there and win this series knowing that they were going to be able to know what was coming? I, I think it's absolutely uh, hysterical, but you still got to go out and hit it, right? And like you mentioned, um, Glasnow had a previous start, and he was fine. So I wonder if they just picked up on something literally in the last start or they knew this all season. But I, I, I buy I buy that, you know, we've heard this at times, and so it's just a bad spot for it to happen. It's uh, I'm, I'm shocked that he admitted it, too, after the game there. But, uh, you know, like you said, they've got to eventually you got to still make contact with the ball. Yeah. I mean, that's the same argument with the whole Barry Bonds and the steroid the era. You listen, you can have as many steroids in you as you want. You still need hand eye core. You still got to be able to hit the damn ball.